Well, the news we pretty much already knew is official now. There's not going to be a huge raise in the salary cap, which means the Wild will have to be very thrifty with the money they have. We'll talk about that as well as potential options for the assistant coach vacancy and more on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. If this is your first time tuning in to Locked On Wild, we welcome you into the show and hope that you stick around through the offseason and into next year as well. If you're one of the everydayers that tunes in each and every day of the week, glad to have you back. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we discuss potential options for the Wild's assistant coach vacancy, as well as looking at the news that the salary cap is going to raise slightly as well as some of the other things that Gary Bettman said during his State of the League address before the Stanley Cup Final. And we'll talk about some potential options for free agents if the Wilds are able to free up a little additional cap space. My name is Seth Sopal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. It is a Monday, which means, of course, we're joined by Alex Micheletti. And Alex, we had the Cup Final begin. We'll talk about that. A little bit later uh, as we talk about uh, some of Gary Bettman's comments to assess the state of the league. But the big news last week, Brett McLean introduced as the head coach of the Iowa Wild, which means that there will be a vacancy on Dean Evison's staff. First off, what did you think of McLean as the new Iowa Wild head coach? Do you like the fit? Yeah, you know, this guy, you know, he always want wants you know, wanted to be a head coach, you know, at some point. And so, you know, it was just a natural progression for him, I think. So, uh, you know, I think it's a perfect fit. Um, and, you know, it's it's a guy that uh, wants to work with prospects. And so the Wilder have a ton of prospects that are on their way. And so, you know, if, if things go well for him, you know, it, could could lead to uh nhl head coaching gig so it, it seems like the natural fit you know and it's uh, it's kind of a way for the wild to you know uh to show you know because they, they were highly criticized uh, in in this in this year's playoffs and so um you know it's not a firing uh but uh it just allows them to get a new voice and to to help uh, dean and so yeah just works out you know, best for, for both parties, for sure. It's one of those, I think the term would be a structural reorganization mm-hmm. that uh, prevents the need to have to let anybody go right. um, other than Tim Army, whose contract, he wasn't even necessarily let go. His contract was just allowed to expire. Right. So, and, yeah, I just, you know, I don't think it, you know, especially with Marco Rossi, Rossi's uh, development, I just don't think they were very happy with the direction things were going with, with Tim's uh, staff. And so, you know, just, you know, best uh, for him to, to move on and, and get, uh, um, you know, Brett down there and to help out. Yeah, for sure. And it leads to an opening on the NHL staff. And I wanted to get, I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit because I know one guy that has been mentioned 
is Doug Waits. And I don't know a ton about him, but from what you have mentioned, I've seen it from others as well, would be a, a good fit. And if you're looking at the Dean Evison staff, so you take Brett McLean out, that's the assistant that focuses on the power play. You still have Bob Woods for the penalty kill, and you've got Darby as the vibes guy, the <laughs> just the other assistant in the mix. And so logical point is that they're going to need somebody to come in and run the power play, and it sounds like Doug would be a potential good fit for the Wild uh, if they choose to go that route. Yeah, he obviously is super close with uh, <laughs> uh, with Bill Guerin, and so uh, you know this is a guy that scored – a ton of goals in the NHL, well-respected throughout the league. Um, you know, you previously used to be a head coach with the Islanders. And so, you know, it would be somebody that Bill would trust, uh, would, would be a great fit for the power play can, can turn things around with, with that because we, as we, as we know, um, it struggled so much in in the playoffs and you, and you need, uh, your special teams to be elite if you want to advance and, and into the following rounds. And so I think it's a guy that uh, can step in naturally is, you know, is a veteran coach and uh, you know, somebody that uh, I think would get along with the players really well too, because he's been through the grind knows what it takes. And so I, you know, it just makes the most sense to, to bring him in. Are there any other names? I, I know Joe Smith from The Athletic had mentioned f- former Panthers coach John Hines as a yep. potential option. Uh, he was replaced, ironically, by former Predators Wild coach. Predators, Predators coach. thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he was replaced, ironically, by former Wild center Andrew Brunette um, <laughs> last week as well. So Heinz would be an option. Any other names that uh, that you think the Wild should take a look at to fill that spot? Yeah, uh, that's that's who I was going to mention. Um, you know, you know, maybe an out of the box name would be Miko Koivu, but um, you know, <laughs> but you know, I think you know if if Heinz doesn't get the Rangers job because now he's in the running for that, the options for him are kind of you know dwindling because Columbus, for whatever reason, is. <laughs> is choosing Mike Babcock. So I don't, I don't know how that, why they think that was a good idea, but uh, you know, so he's taking up Columbus and, you know, Anaheim still needs a coach. So maybe he throws his name into that, but uh, Heinz, uh, you know, has a great, another guy that has another great relationship with, uh, with Bill Guerin. And so, um, you know, I, I would, I think Bill would love to have him um, come come here too. So it, it is interesting too, and not to go on a super tangent, but, some aggressive moves made by Barry Trotz with the Predators to uh, to bring Brunette in as head coach. He also had some comments about um, taking some aggressive swings in the draft because, hey, let's find those top six guys. You can find third-line, fourth-line guys anywhere, as we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, an interesting start to the Barry Trotz tenure as uh, president of the Nashville Predators just – just starting to make that thing look a little bit more like what you'd expect a Barry Trotz team would look like. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, uh, there has to be a wild connection with, with, An- you know, Andrew Renette uh, taking that role and uh, the golf cart uh, incident did not affect <laughs> his hiring. He, uh, you know, he's, 
uh, very offensive minded coach. And so, you know, works out perfect, uh, you know, for them with, uh, you know, Roman Yossi leading the way there in Nashville. And so, you know, he's going to bring an exciting brand of hockey and, uh, you know, uh, Andrew uh, can, can lean on a guy uh, like Barry Trotz there, who's been a head coach. And so um, when it comes to, you know, game strategies, that's a, that's a good person to, to go to because he's, he's been through it and uh, is a heck of a coach and, uh, you know, and now will be a heck of a, um, you know, executive for sure. Yeah. I was, I was not super thrilled to see that, uh, that that pairing came together in the central division, like stay, Stay out east. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just Stay out east or go more, out west. More firepower to this uh, uh, division. Yeah, which is exactly what we didn't need. But um, it is interesting because you've got that going on for the Minnesota Wild. That'll be ongoing is who they put in that spot on the staff. Uh, we're continuing to wait for word about some contract extensions that uh, are going to be, as we've talked about, as the everydayers know, a huge part of what is going on this offseason. But I think what we heard from Gary Bettman before the Stanley Cup final started is probably the domino that we were waiting for to get all of that going. And that was official word about the salary cap for next season. So we'll talk about that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild, as well as some of the other comments that, uh, that Bettman made during his uh, State of the League address. That's all coming up after this here on Locked on Wild. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day of the week. For the everydayers, we've got more player evals coming up for you the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Marcus Foligno, that will be, that'll be a juicy one uh, for your Tuesday, to say the, the least. We've also got an interesting what if scenarios episode coming later this week as well. So we're continuing to just put some nice spins on the content here as we move throughout the off season, continuing our chat with Alex Micheletti, Alex, Gary Bettman had his state of the league address um, before the cup final started. And well, the, the nugget that I think everybody heard and wondered was Bill Daly saying that the league has never been safer um, in the entire history of the NHL. And I think I get what he was trying to say, but then giving a ringing endorsement of what the Department of Player Safety has done 
over the uh, the last couple of years. It led to just a really weird feel for uh, for Bettman's presser uh, before the Cup final started. Yeah, when <laughs> I mean they still the the you know the person running the the department is uh, Peros. Uh, you know he he was an enforcer. Uh, he was a dirty player when he played, and so um, it just makes no sense why he is leading the uh, department. And you're still seeing reckless hits uh, throughout the <laughs> playoffs, and so you know you know like like you said, I. I we kind of we understand what he's trying to to say, but uh, you're still seeing things go, you know, um, you know haywire in in the playoffs. Yeah, you know that hit uh, by Jamie Ben on Mark Stone for sure. That could have been so much worse. Um, you know, it was an intent to injure hit, and so yeah, it's. I don't think it's really you know uh, saying that the game is getting safer. It, it seems to get more dangerous. Yeah, and I think the the sentiment is. With the technology we have available, the ability to, you know, they, they're getting to where they have um, a, a neurosurgeon expert on site at games to where if anybody's showing signs of concussion, um, they pull them off the ice. So in that instance, yes. yes, but the enforcement part of it is, quite honestly, just garbage. Like the suspensions or lack thereof, and then having things happen like what, like you mentioned with Jamie mm-hmm. Ben and Mark Stone, to where it, I didn't even feel like there was going to be a suspension until Ben talked to the media and was like, "Oh yeah, no, that I I fell and uh, just happened that my stick ended up landing directly like in the middle of his face. That was not my intent. I feel like at that point then." <laughs> Peros ha- was like, to be <laughs> like, okay, but, okay. Now that you open your mouth, we have to. But it's also they. Uh, it's like it's a choose your own adventure, and when it comes to how many games, and uh, it, you know, it just seems so random. You know, no, no precedent at all, and just it's it's all over. It causes chaos and and more unnecessary drama than than necessary. Maximum allowable fine of five grand, which is like a it's a five dollar bill. Slap on the rest yeah. wrist for some of these guys that are making millions and millions of dollars. It's a five dollar bill. So that was bizarre, but we did get clarity on the fact that the salary cap will not jump by more than a million dollars this season. And so now that you know that, do you think we'll start to see some of these dominoes for the wild start to fall with extensions, things along that line? Or are we waiting until the uh, the cup final is done before uh, some of this business gets taken care of? Well, it, now it sounds like uh, Brandon Duhame is going to be taken care of before Gustafson, which we thought Gus would you know, be the, be the first guy, but it seems like those negotiations are taking longer than, than what Garen wants. So he's going to move on to and get Duhame done here first. And so, you know, he's an important part of this team and uh, a guy that Bill Garen really likes. And so I think that one will be pretty easy to get done. So that, that'll be nice. And then for Gus, you know, it just seems like uh, Gus wants that, that three and a half million, (laughs) Or you know maybe try to you know get get to four there. So, but that that's a lot for a guy that you know still is has a lot to prove. And so that that's going to be tricky. Hopefully it doesn't go to arbitration. That would be weird for 
for goalie because you never see that with with goalies really and so hopefully they can come to an understanding or you know uh, try to you know move some guys to create more cap space but uh, hopefully they can get it done here uh, relatively soon it, it would be it would put us all at a little bit ease more ease of mind to uh, to have those done before we get into the big heavy lifting portion of the uh, of the offseason, especially on the Gustafson side, because there is still that outside chance that you get offer sheeted and then are like, oh, no, we can't match this. So the sooner the better there. And I'm not surprised that Duhame has moved to the front of the list because, well, let's be honest, this there, there may not be another show in the wild media landscape that touts him as much as we do. And so him moving to the front of the line is just a great, like a great business decision for lockdown wild. And that leaves you the potential then to say, okay, now we got Duhame taken care of. And so if we want to move somebody who plays a similar type role, now we can in say Marcus Felino's case, if that's the route that they end up trying to go or any number of other possible ways that we both have discussed and that have not yet been discussed that are still definitely on the table. Yeah, then as we know, there's a, b- a bunch of fringe defensemen that they can can take a look at to help create space to a guy like Alec, Alex Goligoski who you know, didn't get to play down the stretch. Uh, not not you know he was a healthy scratch, so not not because of injury. And same thing with, with John Merrill, um, <laughs> who had a tough end of the season there. And uh, Kalen Addison, who was not trusted and the Wild traded for John Klingberg because they didn't <laughs> want Kalen in, in the lineup. And so, you know, you have three uh, defensemen, you know, on the end uh, there that, uh, you know, could possibly be moved to to get uh, more assets or to create space for the wild to be able to resign uh, Gus and, and do and So yeah. Uh, and yeah, it'll be, be very interesting uh, couple weeks here leading up to the draft. Most definitely. Uh, we're going to finish today's episode looking at some potential free agent names with a caveat because we, we all know there's not a lot of money to go around. And so we're going to, we're going to caveat the conversation so that we can actually look at some of these free agent names We'll do that to finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Every dayers, tune in for more of our player evals here throughout the rest of the week. We'll get to the third line, including the incoming players via trade that, uh, that helped the Wild down the stretch. We'll, uh, we'll talk about all of those and more. Um, as we move throughout the rest of the week here on Lockdown Wild. But first, as we continue today's conversation with Alex Micheletti, let's let's assume that there is some money freed up. There is some money opened to be able to use to look at some free agents. Brian on YouTube, one of our uh, everydayers, one of our uh, longtime commenters, put together a list, and I want to just go through some of these names and see if there is interest in going to these routes um, or if uh, they may be a little too pricey for what the Wild would be able to afford. We'll start with former Wild defenseman, and this is going to always be one of my big what-ifs, Carson Soucy, who was with the Seattle Kraken the last couple of years. He's a big defenseman, 
And um, I'm always going to wonder what would have happened had the Kraken taken Capo Kakinen as opposed to Carson Soucy. But uh, would you be interested in a Soucy reunion if the uh, if the money works? And would he be interested in coming here um, as opposed to testing the free agent market? I think he would love to come back. You know, he he played at UMD. He's familiar. He's been with this organization in the past. And so um, he played very well when he was with the wild. And so I think it would be a great fit to, to bring him back, you know, you know, with, with him, you know, I think they would have to, you know, free up some more cap space to, to sign up. He, he's one of those guys that would, would want the wild to, to you know, to give him more than, um, you know, million, million and a half. And yeah. so, uh, but it would it would be a perfect fit. Uh, he would help on the penalty kill, uh, just a steady defenseman that you wouldn't have to worry about on the third pairing. It it always seems uh, with the Wild here that the third pairing is always just like oh adventure. boy, you know, yeah, an adventure. And so I think he would bring a steady presence. Um, you know, he was drafted by this team, and so clearly they 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 liked him. You know, it was a different uh, GM that drafted him, but uh, I, I think Bill Guerin really um, you know enjoyed having him uh, on the team and would definitely would like like to have him back. The Wild have been chasing a solid third pair since Carson Soucy and Ian Cole were uh, were the third pairing. Um, that was Bill Guerin's, I think, first full season as GM uh, for the Wild. He made the trade for Ian Cole like a week into the season uh, for Greg Pattern, who uh, <laughs> ended up being sent to uh, to facilitate that trade, and then he got traded again. Um but yeah, there's some names that live in like in, in our minds. For we'll, we'll always remember guys like that. Greg Pattern's just gonna live <laughs> rent free in my head for probably the rest of my life. Just <laughs> every now and again, I just will remember that Greg Pattern exists and that he was part of the Minnesota Wild and then was traded. It I I can't even like I can't even fathom that trade being essentially a one for one. And the fact that then Pattern got later traded, and I, I will I will never understand how that was made to work, other than purely for salary cap reasons. Yeah, like, yeah, just crazy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, just, a trivia uh, guy name. Yeah, yeah sure. he's <laughs> definitely the answer to a trivia question. Um, let's go through some others. Um, Alex Turcott of the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, as a potential name as well. He was making just under a million dollars, but with how well the Kings played, he may be in line for a hefty raise if he doesn't stay in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's a guy I can never figure out. Uh, you know, he was on that you know national U.S. development team with with Zegris and, and and all those guys, and uh, I am sure the the Kings are kicking themselves for not drafting Zegris over Turcott. Uh, you know, he Turcott has had some injuries. He's a guy that probably should have stayed another year at Wisconsin, but but came out. Uh, out early and for you know injuries and just uh, you know not living up to uh, being a first round draft pick it you know it hasn't really worked out with the Kings you know like you like you talked about too the, the Kings are have a ton of prospects and so you know maybe a fresh start would work out for him 
I think you could get him cheaper just because the production hasn't been there. And so it's a guy you could take a, take a flyer on, but you're also dealing with Marco Rossi, uh, you know, not so far, not living up to expectations. So I don't know if you want to take on another guy like that, uh, but maybe Brett McLean could, could help him out and, uh, you know, get him you know, to, you know, join the, the wild, but it's also a guy it's the same thing with with Rossi. Um, you know, uh, Turcotte, I don't think is a fourth line guy. You know, right. that's a kid that you know when you're drafting in the top ten that you you would hope could be a top six guy. And so, um, you know, if he doesn't fit into the top six, you know, do, do you want him? To, does he want to come to a team and be on the fourth line? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. It's so that's that's a tough one. You know, he he has all the potential in the world, but he still hasn't shown it yet. Give me a third line pairing of Carson Susie and Braden Shen. Shen is another name on this list, and we we've oh, talked Luke Shen. Luke Shen. Thank you. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Wild fans would want would want Braden on the on the team because he uh, you know he had his battle he's had his battles with with the Wild throughout the years and especially this past season that St. Louis game as we've talked about in previous uh, episodes where he went unhinged. I um I was out in 90 degree heat for nine hours on Saturday, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chalk it up to my brain having fried. <laughs> but big physical defenseman, which is something yes. that the Wild do need, uh, and so if that would be a potential option, relatively cheap. He was I think his salary cap number I think it was at 850 thousand. So I would take that in a heartbeat. You know, yeah, if it has to go up a little bit. You, you do it because that's that's the type of guy that you want in the playoffs. You know, a rugged defenseman. Mm-hmm. You know, the Wild are always heavily criticized for being undersized on the back end. And we've seen it, you know, time and time again. It's led to early exits because, you know, just the – we know the defensemen are, are undersized here. And so that's a guy that's, you know, been in big time Stanley Cup playoff games, and and uh, you know is responsible, um, can get it, the puck out of his own end without any issues, and uh, a, a good locker room guy, and so it would be a perfect fit uh, for this team. Yeah, would you rather have John Merrill at two point two five or Luke Shen at one point? Uh, any any number under what Merrill is making, or even at what Merrill is making. I feel like, you know, we, it continues, like we see a pattern, like, uh, Merrill is, uh, this off seasons, uh, Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, oh, so man. hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully Bill can find, uh, you know, a team like Arizona or Anaheim, you know, teams that have, uh, you know, cap space that they're willing to just, you know, let, let teams dump, uh, players off with, with bad contracts. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully that can, that can happen with Merrill or same thing with Goligoski. Maybe Goligoski wants to go back to the desert and <laughs> that's a team that always has a uh, cap space and, uh, you know, a team that, uh, takes on dead, dead contracts. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, hopefully they can, can figure that out. The the final name on here, and it's it's a full. It, it is a list that we'll uh, go through as we get closer to free agency in full. But just scanning through some of these names, um, the, the one that I wanted to finish with, <laughs> Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 
man. Brian that does. Guy. Brian does say here. Yes. To be fair, he says pipe dream, and it, it is. But it, that would be so fun to even, even if there was a remote chance of it happening, would just be outrageously fun. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, he's the best two way center in the past, you know, decade and a half. I, I love Patrice Bergeron. He's he's so much fun to watch. He's not flashy, but uh, he does everything right. The ultimate leader. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think he's going to play again. Just the herniated disc in his back does not sound like, uh, you know, that, you know, that he wants to come back from something like that. He has a has a family, probably does not want to move them to it. To a place like Minnesota, that would be fun. Uh, another name that you mentioned to me off air, but was I, I think on Brian's list was uh, Anthony Siu from from the Blackhawks. Um, I love him. He has so much skill and speed. That's a guy that you know if they if the Wild would be able to open up a little bit more cap space, he'd be my number one guy in a, in a heartbeat. Um, I I just think you know he's the perfect for fit for this wild team, him and, you know, uh, Max Domi took, uh, you know, cheap contracts to, to play for Chicago, hoping that both would get moved at the, at the deadline. And for whatever reason, it didn't happen for Anthony CU. So that's a guy that, you know, has caused trouble for the wild in, in the past and a little bit a guy that would bring, uh, you know, much needed uh, speed element uh, to this team and a guy that can play, you know, on any line, you know, he, um, he, we saw him with Chicago move up and down and a guy that can play on the power play too. Uh, so that, that would help out a second unit that had guys on there that should have never been on, on, on the power play. Uh, Felino is not a power play guy. And so, yeah, it was a disaster and it led to, uh, the number one unit, you know, almost having to play, you know, full two minutes. And I think guys just got gassed a lot. Um, a couple of other names. Zach has really championed this one. He texted me this during game one. Um, Ivan Barbashev would be <laughs> on his list. I-, I can't disagree there because he's just a really solid player that I think if you could find a way to fit him in would be a great help to this team. And one that I'll throw on the list just because of the beard, Radko Gudis, like find a way to make that happen. Keep that beard. I made the comment. I think I tweeted out when they showed the picture of him in the, like in the suit that looked a little more of kind of a colonial suit. I said Ulysses S. Gudis. If you haven't seen it, look for the picture on Twitter of the beard that is literally like this long and just like full curl. He looks like a he looks like a general in the the eighteen hundreds. Um yeah. <laughs> so get him too. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a Walmart version of Luke Shen. <laughs> so <laughs> probably <laughs> Probably a guy you can get cheaper than 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 Shen, uh, and but he's a guy that uh, again uh, another type of defenseman that uh, has played in a lot of playoff games, uh, is rugged, you know, throws the body, uh, can um, you know can help on on the penalty kill and. Um, a guy that uh, brings the intimidation factor, so you know it would be a, a, a you know perfect fit for sure. Um, Barbashev, man, every you know he, he he's like the Kachucks. Every 
every team, uh, you know, would want a guy like Barbashev on, uh, on there. Uh, I think he's going to get paid big time. So that, that's yeah. a pipe dream. You would have to move probably one of these, uh, no move, uh, deal guys or you know, ask them to, to move that, to to help create space because I think he's going to get paid a ton of money just with the way he's playing in the playoffs. And you'd have to move a center too. Right. You, you'd have to get rid of a center to free that up. So, like I said, we'll talk about these names in more detail, but it did provide an intriguing kind of initial look into free agency. Free agency 101, uh, as it was. So, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wilds. Now that you are finished with today's episode, again, we thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning into Lockdown Wild, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms, which includes Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and now Sirius XM. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen so that you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the rest of the offseason and beyond. If you're an everydayer that tunes in every day of the week, we'll see you tomorrow with a new episode of Locked on Wild. You can find new episodes each and every day of the week as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.